Good evening and welcome to episode 89 of The Winning Agenda. Tonight our panellists include 2015 Regional Champion and 2015 Australian Nationals Top 8 Competitor Wolfie Horrig. I hope everyone missed me. <laughs> 2014 Australian National Champion and 2016 Regional Champion Jesse Marshall. Hello. And I'm your host Brian Holland and we just before we get started talking about today's pack we... Uh, just wanted to maybe mention that uh, we're really happy that everyone's here on this very sombre of nights. Uh, the uh, the Brexit vote came in at about, what was it, three or four o'clock our time today. Jesse, you've been profoundly affected by it in particular. Yeah, I was actually testing, texting Brian um, just before we started. I've uh, always been a bit of a student of international relations and I was sort of devastated to see the potential end to the European project. I mean, what we saw was uh, it was election day today and it was the testing of the merger between the European Union and the UK um, and the people of the UK turned out to be quite a, a zealous judge. Uh, there were some accusations of voter intimidation. Um, there was a, you know, w- unsure whether there were any rigged results along the way, uh, but the UK certainly learns that the price of freedom is going to be quite high as the, the sterling crashed this evening. Um, and I think what it's shown is that politicians around the world, if they're going to put things like this to the people, they certainly have a lot to fear from the masses. Mm. Also, Ibrahim Salem. You, yes. And you forgot, like, you forgot to mention improved protein source. Do you think you could work that one in there somewhere? Uh, I, I was well, going on the fly there. Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if they're pushing for lateral growth, they're really going to have to find an improved protein source, right? Like, Yeah, I, I think everybody in Scotland is charging up their full immersion Rex studio to try and escape from the reality yeah. of this tomorrow morning. Yeah. All, I, all I know is that something was going on with that vote, and I'm sure when we access the black file, uh, it'll all come out. Bargat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're going to be talking about Fear the Masses, <laughs> and we're going to start with the runner side with the... The titular card of the pack, the first ever titular card of the pack, I believe, which is Fear the Masses. It's an Anarch event, run, sabotage, cost one, influence two, make a run on HQ. If successful, instead of accessing cards, force the corp to trash the top card of R&D. You may reveal X copies of Fear the Masses from your grip to force the corp to trash X additional cards. Limit six per deck. Jesse, you were saying earlier that you were very excited about this bagbiter list you saw that played like a million of these with hyperdrivers. So, uh, what I said was that I thought you would be excited <laughs> to add this to your bagbiter deck. Really? Uh, um, and how do you feel about that? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take anything as an excuse to play bagbiter chaos theory again. But, yeah, you know, uh, might knows? be a bit hard to squeeze this in with the influence. But it might be. I think if you <laughs> if you transferred that deck over into Anarch. Um, you could bring the bagbiters over, probably bring over the hyperdrivers, or it might be easier actually to splash this into Shaper. I don't know, but anyway, yeah. I'm sure you can figure it out. Um, getting six, that, get six of these in there. Get yeah, draw them all. Um, crack those hyperdrivers and go nuts. Trash the rest of the corpse deck and either mill them out or access all their agendas from archives. Seems like a plan. It's as good well, as notoriety. <laughs> as good as, as good notoriety, notoriety plan, surely. Yeah. Is this um? One of the better consumer-grade cards, do you think? Uh, well, it certainly stacks, unlike the consumer-grade card in the last pack, which doesn't stack, stack at all. Itself, so yeah, you got a reason like to play a, more than three. Yeah, yeah, seems like a better use of the mechanic. Um, but I mean, as we've sort of said all the way through this cycle, consumer-grade not our favorite mechanic in terms of the way that the cards have been designed. Um, I mean, 
yeah, Out of the Ashes in the last pack was probably a more interesting design, but didn't really interact with the mechanic at all. Whereas this is, I mean, it's also, a, I guess, a, a reasonably interesting design. It's not something we've seen before in a run event, um, and it does interact with the mechanic. So it's probably, along with Netchip, on the more interesting end of the consumer ad cards we've seen. Wolfie, do you agree? Uh, yeah, I mean, I have seen people play this card already, which is a bit uncommon, I think, since the pack's only been out here for maybe a week. But I suppose we have had quite a few um, weeks, months, to review to kind of get these cards flowing in our neural membranes. But Since they were accidentally spoiled yes, in an early yes, pack? the yeah. fiasco. But, like, yeah, the thing is that it seems hard to fit six copies of this card in your deck. I know you don't have to have six, but just to have a card in your hand, in your de- six copies of a card in your deck that really you want to draw in multiples and you need a critical mass of them in your hand before they start to do anything at all makes me a bit skeptical of it because I can just imagine drawing one in my opening hand and unless your deck is really built to get to the stage late game where you can fire them, o- them off, it's really a linear strategy that needs the cards to come together to work, I believe. Mm. So, it works well with Ada, um, because you don't need to access, uh, and it works well with same old thing, because then you are using the same one twice and getting full value out of the other ones in your hand. So, I guess those two interactions are kind of useful, seeing as both Ada and same old thing are good cards anyway, but you really need to be designing your deck around this, I think, and there are certainly ways that if you if the corpse sees this coming that they can play around it. I certainly uh, don't think it's quite on the level of something like a noise mill when a lot of people think they see these new mill cards uh, come out and they think, oh, I can put that in my noise deck, but the thing that makes noises mill ability so good is that it's incidental because you're doing something else which is going to help you win the game regardless of whether you're milling cards from the top of their deck, and it's just it's an extra bonus tacked on. It's not like trying to do that overall. I think this is high-powered enough, though, that if you did want to build your strategy around it, it's worth it. Like, when I say there are things the co-op can do about it, they can either score out really quickly and beat you with speed, which is not the easiest thing for any deck to transition and do. It's You need to really have brought a fast deck to be able to do that, an aggressive deck. Um, or they can play Chrysium Grid, which, this, if this is popular in the metagame, will be another card that will make playing Chrysium Grid a better option, um, which it's already an okay option. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's high power enough at what it does that it can certainly see play, despite the fact that there are some answers the cop can have. Excellent. Uh, the next card is Aghora, and I apologise, my pronunciation is incorrect. It's a program icebreaker AI Dava, install 5, memory 1, strength 2, influence 2. It has the following abilities, pay 1 credit, break ice subroutine on a piece of ice that has a res cost of 5 or greater, one credit for plus one strength, and two credits to swap Aghora with a Deva program from your grip. So ignoring the Deva fun interaction thing there, do we think this uh, five for two with the uh, David-like ability is worth the card? Wilfred? Um, I'm not so certain about this, just because five is a lot to pay. Just like the other Davas, the cost to play is really out of whack with the efficiency of it. You pay actually quite a lot for the Deva ability in addition to having to have more Davas in your deck, I think. So I'm not really sure that it fits even in Anarch since kind of Faust and David both are really good and especially Faust being in faction 
leaves gives you already a strong AI breaker. Basically Faust and David kind of just obsolete this card since the only reason you need um, sent, uh, the only reason you need conventional breakers are for either anti-AI things or things that have lots of subroutines and are really hard to deal with with Faust, neither of which this, like uh, Komayunu and Hive, neither of which this deals with especially efficiently. It's okay, but not a good enough that you would play it in your deck for those purposes, I think. Yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I was chatting to some people online about Faust in amongst the whole um, reaction to the Team Covenant video this week where they discussed putting Faust and Museum on the most wanted list and when people were talking about is Faust broken is it too far ahead of the other cards in the game I was sort of pointing out that these are the cards that we're comparing Faust with like the you know they've designed these icebreakers to be a suite of AI breakers that have massive drawbacks in terms of their install cost the fact that they don't deal with all ice themselves and you need to have others to swap from your hand you need a lot of credits to be able to do all of that compared to Faust which can deal with anything other than things that can't be broken by AI, which these can't break either. Um, and all you need is cards in hand, which are reasonably easy to come by in Anarch. So I think, as you said, Faust and David are just so far ahead of this and the rest of the cards in the suite as an AI suite that they're just a long way from seeing play. The next card is Bargat. I think that's, again, pronounced correctly. It's a resource connection, install three, influence four, the first time you make a successful run on HQ each turn, force the Corp to trash the top card of R&D. Uh, I'm a little hesitant in my judgment of this card. I was a bit more excited for it before I realised it was uh, unique, so you can only have one copy of it. Uh, at four influences, not, probably not going to see much influence outside of Anarch, I wouldn't think, but Jesse, what's your opinion here? Uh, I'm pretty glad that it's unique, because... Be pretty bonkers otherwise? Yeah. Being People might rewarded... have playing Faint. Well, being rewarded for successful runs, we've seen, has been extremely powerful over the life of the game, because making runs is what you want to be doing. It's not an Axis replacement effect, so it works in addition to Fear the Masses, or in concert with Fear the Masses, in concert with Siphon, anything else that you want to be playing that's targeting HQ. Um, and Anarchs already have one of the best R&D attack cards in the game, if not the best, Medium. Um, and giving them a card like this, which strengthens their ability to threaten HQ, just really helps to cement their position as the best faction at attacking central servers in addition to them also having the best tools to get into remote servers which pretty much cements them as the best faction overall helps to contribute to the fact that they are at the moment the most versatile faction overall as far as runners go uh, and yeah this is certainly one of the tools in the arsenal it doesn't fit into every deck but it's a nice little incidental effect that you can get uh, in addition to everything else you're getting from making runs on HQ. Wilfie, do you agree? Uh, yeah, I think this card's pretty good. I'm not certain where it really has a chance to shine at the moment. I think kind of... Lamprey? Yeah, like, uh, of course Lamprey is good with it, but I think Lamprey is a bit... The kind of... No noise really decks really want Lamprey because it's a cheap virus, but they really run, I think, so very low in credits that it's really easy for your opponent to keep you out with only minimal HQ defense, so this could be one of the payoff cards that you want, but it's really competing with medium since you can't have too many cards at cost that are only good when you can already make successful runs, and medium, I think, 
has a lot more synergy with the deck, but it, I think it could be possible to split them and play one copy of this and two mediums if you wanted to play three in total. Excellent. The uh, first and only criminal card is the Black File. It's a resource, virtual, install 5, influence 4. The corp cannot win the game unless the runner is flatlined. When your turn begins, place one power counter on the Black File. When there are three or more power counters on the Black File, remove it from the game. Limit one per deck. Uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago uh, about, I think it was Temple of the Liberated Mind. And Jesse mentioned at the time that if they ever do print a card that interacts with the movement of power counters, that the Liberated Mind would be probably better or you know interesting, a more interesting card to look at. I think the uh, inclusion of this card, however, might mean that we never see the <laughs> existence of a card which moves power counters around, because having this an effect like this along, even though it is a fairly expensive investment and only limit one per deck. Um, it's it's quite a, a hefty thing, and it's a, it's a very interesting card. Um, I'm curious to know what you guys think. There there was some clarifications that in terms of tournament play, which is what we're all about. For anyone that didn't know, that if uh, you go to time um, with the black file in play, and the corp has seven points, the corporation will still get a timed win because you just count the number of agenda points. It can override the game rules, but not the tournament rules. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Jesse, what do you think? Well, I've actually had a a message in from Hollis, um, who unfortunately couldn't be here tonight due to work commitments, but he's messaged in a couple of thoughts. um, And one of his questions for us was, do we think that this is the criminal, uh, the answers, one of the answers that criminal needs to be able to compete even better with fast advanced decks? Um, And I think the answer, Hollis, to that is that criminals already had a pretty good matchup against yellow decks. and this certainly is another tool that will help them if they did want to, if criminals did want to include this in their deck, giving yourself another couple of turns to win the game against those yellow decks will tilt that match up even further in your favor. There's a lot of situations you'll find when you're playing particularly near Earth Hub as the premier yellow deck against Krim that you're um, trying to race them essentially. They're seeing a couple of cards of R&D you maybe have a fast track or you have an agenda in your hand and you just manage to score at that last agenda before they can dig the last the last agenda they need out of your R&D. Um, this card gives them another three turns to be able to do that. Um, or and Does it give you three turns? So you play it one turn, Corp has a turn, it gets one count on the next turn, one count on the turn for that, yeah, and then yeah. it dies. So they get two extra turns. Um, so that's still quite a lot. Um, that's quite a few cards that they're going to be accessing depending on how much dig they have in their deck and I think that that definitely improves the matchup for them. Whether it's good in other matchups remains to be seen. I think we're going to see a lot more damage coming out um, of the next cycle and even out of this pack. I think runners are going to have to be a lot more wary of Scorched Earth again out of Wayland but also out of other factions so it may be the case that it is too hard for runners to fit this in if it's going to displace something like Plascrete in their deck as a utility slot. Um, but depending on how the metagame pans out, this is definitely a card if you think you're going to be seeing a lot of uh, fast advanced yellow decks. Wilfred? Oh, uh, yeah, I do agree. I think that we're... I don't know if we are seeing uh, a resurgence of criminal decks with the source, but Asha, who has been on this podcast before and should come on soon keeps on sending me deck lists that just have the, the weirdest cards and like three copies of the source 
I'm like, how do you ever beat fast advance? And he says, you just play the source and four guy it if they ever try and do anything and eventually your like corporate scandal blackmail engine will stop them from being able to do anything. So every time I see cards like this, I think of those kind of strategies and if those kind of strategies can work where you just try and amass some huge advance, uh, resource advantage and try and do everything in your power to stop your opponent from scoring, then this, I think, can fit in those kind of decks, and the one per deck restriction isn't that harsh since you're usually playing a huge amount of draw and starting ring nine cards in your hand. So I think this is a really powerful tool for any deck which has, can, ha- has the ability to generate lots of credits, usually with security testing, and wants something to do to stop fast advance from running, or AstroScript in particular, from running away with the game. The next card is The Price of Freedom. It's a Shaper card, event cost 0, influence 2. As an additional cost to play this event, trash an installed connection. The Corp cannot advance cards during his or her next turn. Remove the Price of Freedom from the game instead of trashing it. Uh, so it's an interesting uh, thing that asks of you. You have to trash a connection, which isn't too hard usually in most runner decks to do. Um, but it, it is a very powerful effect uh, for both you know against aggro decks and like a food coats type style. Uh, Wilfred, do you think you'll be sliding this into anything anytime soon? Um, so first, trash an installed connection is a cost mostly in the sense that you need to make sure you have a sizable number of connections in your deck that you'll usually have one that you don't mind trashing at the time where this is going to be good. And I think it's especially relevant since this card I think is usually going to be good at maybe one or two points during the game. Maybe like maybe a bit more but not I think too much more since it's really going to be need to be targeted as to when you play it so you maximize the chance that you can make impactful runs during your turn that you play this and your next turn after you play this. But I think that's a fairly wide range to have this card be good in the sense that, you know, that's still a reasonable number of turns, but whether it's going to be impactful during that time really depends on the board state. And because, you know, it's not going to do anything if your opponent really isn't intending to advance cards during their next turn. And so I think that gives it quite a few deck building restrictions, the connection thing and the timing thing which makes me a bit sceptical of it but I think it's a unique ability and one that kind of attacks the corp at a different angle than we've seen especially in Shapers. Yeah, I was going to say, Shapers haven't really had many cards that specifically interact with remotes and give them good ways to pressure remotes so even the threat of this just means that scoring windows against Shaper for remote-based scoring decks are going to have to be a little bit wider for corps to be certain about them, which the existence of it even is interesting in that sense. Yeah, I think between Clot, Political Operative, and this, Shaper decks, yeah. all of which I think work best in Shaper, Shaper decks really have a bit more leverage than they used to to be able to control the way in which the corp scores. Yeah. yeah. I can certainly envisage quite a few situations, especially against a more of a remote-based deck, where like a, like a Palana or a or an HB, where this can be a significant blowout if you don't see it coming from your opponent. So if you go and install advance, advance or something of the like, and they basically blank your next turn in a way, it can be 
pretty pretty hectic. Jesse, will you be throwing away your professional contacts to play this in Kate? Uh, I'm. There may be some matchups where I'm happy to throw away a film critic at some point in the game as well. Um, uh-huh. Or it, a political operative, even, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, it'd be pretty tough. You'd, you'd have to be in a pretty tough spot to want to throw away a contact, but you do get into positions where you're happy to later in the game, obviously, once you've yeah. run through your deck. So, yeah, entirely possible. But I think there are enough connections that are playable in Shaper for this to be a pretty decent one-off. Yeah, excellent. The next card is Ancusa. It's a Shaper Program Icebreaker, Fractor, Install 6, Memory 1, Strength 0, Influence 3. If you use Ancusa to break all subroutines on a barrier during a single encounter, add that barrier to HQ. It has the abilities Pay 2 Credits, Break a Barrier Subroutine, and 1 Credit for Plus 1 Strength. Uh, We've talked about in some of the recent packs about how particularly in democracy and dogma where we felt the power level had been pushed in a lot of cards but one thing i've felt particularly in this cycle is the power level of a lot of programs particularly icebreakers has not been pushed what do we think of this kind of effect like in a, in a world where everything is obviously going to be compared to corroda what does this card have over something like corroda well to first i'd like to it? say that an ankus is a an elephant goad and I really like the art on this. So this is something that you use to like prod your elephant along. So that's pretty sweet. Cool. That's that's nice flavor. Um, yeah, that's good, I guess. And I, I can just like, I really like the art on this card for some reason. I can just imagine with that extra little hook, you just like get that barrier out of there. Like, <laughs> get out of there. <laughs> get back in your hand. Um, whether it's good or not, it's certainly an interesting effect. Um, icebreakers... Well, programs with the exception exception of things like Parasite haven't actually been able to remove ice from the board. And we know that Corp's... The way the economy of the game is structured is that the Corp makes an investment in ice and most of the time they expect that that's going to stay there for the rest of the game. Um, And then the runner has to pay a smaller number of credits but has to pay every time they want to go through it. This card changes that equation and for that reason it is quite powerful because it's more like an emergency shutdown in that it forces the corp to re-res it, but it also forces them to reinstall it. So it's even a bit more powerful than an emergency shutdown. Um, and having an emergency shutdown for any barrier um, on a stick, on a program, is quite good. It's only one memory. The cost is steep. It's six to install. Shaper does have ways to reduce install costs. Um, Shaper doesn't have a lot of ways to play that econ denial game um, and also doesn't have a particularly strong infaction barrier breaker at the moment. So if you were to play an infaction barrier breaker, I think this is certainly a very reasonable one to consider um, as long as you've got a pretty strong economy that can support it. More so than Lady. Uh, I mean, yeah, sorry. Lady, I've excluded from my um, thinking because it's on the MWL. <laughs> yeah. um, but I guess if you want to have a, a barrier that doesn't cost you... In- barrier breaker that doesn't cost you influence, put it that way, yeah. um, rather than saying infaction. Um, yeah, then you could you certainly play this. And... As opposed to Lady, which deals really well with those mid to high strength barriers um, and obviously can be recurred in Shaper using all the Shaper recursion, this deals really well with lower strength barriers with fewer subroutines, which I think in the current environment we're seeing a lot more of, although it doesn't deal well with Hive, which is coming into favor. It doesn't deal particularly well with something like uh, Ashigaru, although if you do have the credits as the runner to trash to sorry pay through that Ashigaru, so you'd need like four and then potentially another ten, so fourteen credits to get through. 
he can force them to pay their nine again. So they're down 18, which, you know, depending on how good your economy is compared to theirs, um, can be something that you can skew in your favor. But against lower strength barriers, certainly forcing the corp to spend that click reinstalling the barrier and then pay to res it is certainly a powerful thing to have up your sleeve. Wilfred? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do think that the ability to kind of unravel the corpse game plan is something, as I said with the last card that we haven't really seen in Shaper, it's considered more of an anarch thing to do. Uh, but I just really think that the numbers on this card are costed really conservatively. Like, the fact that you have to pay 6 to get a program, a barrier breaker that's worse than Corroda is really... I mean, disregarding the ability, which is obviously the point of the card, but just in terms of being able to get into servers, the fact that it can't really be used as your primary method to do that means I think it's best as a support breaker in really, really slow Magnum Opus decks, and I don't really think those decks want another... Really, I think those decks kind of want to go over the top of Corpse and not have to kind of trade resources with them as much. I think with the time you spend setting up Magnum Opus, you'd rather just try and get to 7 as fast as possible while after you've set up your economy rather than trading resources with the corp until one of you runs out. Cool, cool, cool. The uh, last runner card, which is neutral, is Rigged Results. It's an event, cost 0, influence 1. Secretly spend up to 2 credits. The corp guesses how much you spent. Reveal spent credits. If the corp guessed incorrectly... Make a run and choose a piece of ice protecting the attack server. Bypass that ice when you encounter it. I'm getting deja vu. This reminds me of some other mechanic, and I can't think what it is. I don't know, yeah. They could have just um, put the Psy subtype, right? Oh, Psy, of it's course. It's kind of like Psy, yeah. except the corp doesn't actually no. spend anything. They just <laughs> yeah. guess. Like, yeah. I don't know, like one? Yeah. Zero? <laughs> like, w- Wilfred, just before you get Wilfred, are you spending zero every time of this as well? Uh... Because there's no way you'd spend zero every time. The corpse going to guess one, for sure, right? Right, of course. And then when they guess one, you spend zero. Oh, I get how it works. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, This is an interesting effect, and I'm not sure if I want to play influence for it. Hmm. Uh, It's cool that it's neutral, I guess, but... Bypass is good. Bypass is very good, yeah. You can choose the ice. It's it's not like it has to be an unrest piece of ice on a server you'd never encountered or some other weird restriction like a lot of these cards have. But yeah, the. You'd um, generally rather, I think, though, have a deck that can get past any piece of ice than build redundancy into your deck in case you can't get past a piece of ice. Um, I think bypass effects are generally particularly good when you're using them as you know inside job early in the game um or when you're using them as something consistent like security nexus which is going to get you past their best piece of ice every turn this will get you past potentially their best piece of ice um two-thirds of the time let's say even though we know that side game type effects are slightly stacked but we'll just say two-thirds for the sake of simplicity um and only once so I'm not sure that that's worth an influence and I'm not even sure that it's worth a card since Inside Job is only barely worth a card these days. Um, or Not barely worth a card, but it's difficult to slot in and yeah. that's guaranteed to work, even though yeah. it's only on single ice servers. Yeah. Uh, well, there's... Hmm, 
I'm just trying to think. Is is it worth going a bit deeper on on this actual secret spending mechanic? Because is is it fair to compare it to? Obviously, it's very similar to Psy, but I mean, what other level layer of uh, strategy or difficulty is being laid on this? Because the corp isn't actually investing any credits on their end. Wilfie, do you think it skews the like the potential? Like when we had was Abram. I think when we had him on, and he was saying that you know a side game isn't actually like a thirty-three percent chance; it's a fifty percent uh, chance. He was saying it's because your opponents are going to spend what they did last time, or they're not. Yeah, right? and then yeah. you've got a sub choice in the other fifty percent. So it's not really fifty percent, but yeah, I, I get what he was saying with that. But this is basically like a side game where the corp has infinite credits. Yes. So their choice is based, rather than being at all based on their credit pool, it's entirely yeah. based on the runner's credit pool and whether that gives them any, inf- any information about any what information. the runner's more likely to spend. Yeah. Wolfie, what do you so, think there? Yeah. Um, I'm still not sure. I think that's probably reasonable that it's less... It isn't about... Of course, it isn't about now how much the corp has. It's only about how much the runner has but it's I think a bit more relevant because you're playing this card to get into a server and so the corp is most likely to know how much the runner will have to pay to get into the server but the runner the runner may not yeah the runner won't know that's the whole point of playing this card and so I think it's a bit more like the thing where the corp if you have multiple psi uh, defensive psi upgrades you can often get the runners in, into a situation where you can just pay two until they run out or you know have the threat if you're at similar credits of that happening and so that I think adds an extra dimension to this card which makes it a bit worse that the corp gets a bit more information based on that so like you know if the corp knows that you can't get in if you pay two then they can narrow down the choices to zero or one be interesting to ask jacob um sorry to go slightly off topic here but it says bypass that ice when you encounter it does that mean that when encounter abilities fire uh yeah oh, maybe, no, that's uh, it. maybe it's worded like that so it's doesn't necessarily have to be the outermost piece of i yeah i don't know i would i guess not that. but i don't know because I, your I abilities would fire you, first FAQ as the runner being yeah. released it doesn't have it yeah oh, i yeah, just check has. i've got it here it doesn't that card's not on it Oh, well, probably it yeah. doesn't. Yeah, yeah, especially since it's active player, non active player order, so presumably this would trigger before any yeah. corp um, on encounter abilities triggered. Yeah. But yeah, it just seems like strange wording to me. But anyway, um, I think I think you're right there, Wilfie, and the fact that if there are face down ice, the corp has more information is not a great thing for this card. Um, and yeah, the influence, I don't know, I don't really get it. I was going to say, we've certainly seen a trend of lots of runner neutral runner cards with influence in the last couple of packs. Yeah, which may not necessarily need it. Hmm. Uh, I think it's really cool, a, a really cool mechanic, neutral cards with influence, but it seems to have been really uh, beaten like a dead horse these last few packs. But, you know, we'll see come rotation if, if that's something that was needed. Uh, and that was the runner side of Fear the Masses. Uh, you can join us next week for episode 90 in which we discuss the corpse side of Fear the Masses. In the meantime, if you want to get in contact with us, you can do so at thewinningagenda at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at Winning Agenda and check us out on Facebook at The Winning Agenda. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we're sorry to hear for all of our Scottish listeners about the results. 
very sad I just, all of Alice in general, really. Just all of Alice in, yeah. <laughs> it's the end of the world. The Scott's cut are pretty hard, though. 